Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Friends Missing Friends. Today I talked to my co-producer, Sydney Bauer, about one of my new favorite books, Platonic, How the Science of Attachment Can Help You Make and Keep Friends, written by Dr. Marissa G. Franco. A book that you should definitely read, that mm-hmm. I don't know if I've told you about, Platonic. Mm, no. That's what it's called. Oh my gosh, you should read it. It's all about platonic relationships. Um, uh-huh. And she has like a whole chapter on like what to do if a friendship is toxic. And she mm. was like, take, like, you kind of, sometimes you gotta weigh the, the data. <laughs> like, is, is it just this one like isolated thing or maybe it's small and the good outweighs the bad? But it's like, if, and that's like a personal choice, right? Like, it, it's not like real numbers or anything. And if, mm-hmm. if the, bad outweighs the good then like yeah like leave the friendship (laughs) so I thought that was really interesting so like yeah and and it's true in in any in anything and and especially if you're unsafe like that will outweigh anything I feel like obviously (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I don't know have you ever like been in a situation where you had to forgive a friend or but we're in a toxic friendship um that's a really good question there was one, um, I've definitely been in toxic friendships before. Mm-hmm. It typically, I'm not in any of them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. then I just don't, I usually just kind of cut that person off. But there was one time, there's <clears throat> a friend of mine who I knew in college, and then we got really close after college and lived together for a couple years. And became very close and we're still very close to this day. I was just at her bachelorette party last weekend or two weekends ago. And we not necessarily fell out, but um, kind of like missed off on some of our communication and weren't like the best of roommates to each other kind of towards the end. And just kind of had some like awkward kind of like, like bad taste in our mouth after and we had decided to get together and um, like just talk about it and, and have like mm-hmm. a conversation versus just like sweeping under the rug and like wow, not talking to amazing. each other. Yeah. yeah it was really, it. Uh, yeah, I'm so proud of us. It's like one friendship that mm-hmm. we, we were like, okay, I care more about you than the fact that you like didn't drive me somewhere when I asked you and like, mm-hmm. you know, how, like, you know, how can I get past that? And we it essentially came down to like some of our lo- love languages are different. Um, that is a huge thing yeah and like so the times that like I would ask her to do something and like she wouldn't do it in her head like it didn't mean much but in mine I was like oh acts of service are very important to me um and she's like oh yeah I didn't I didn't even realize that like that's how you were interpreting that and like some things that I was doing like where it didn't like translate well to like how she reads his friendship. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't even fucking, I didn't know that. Um, and so we were able to have this conversation of like, Oh, I, you know, I forgive you for not knowing here's what we can do, you know, going forward. Or like, I forgive what had happened, you mm-hmm. know, previously, here's how we can be better friends moving forward. And I just yeah. felt so like mature and smart oh, yeah. and lovely to like meet with a friend yes. and to be able to say like, hey, you, you know, it's not a partner. We don't like, you know, we see those conversa- conversations and like romantic relationships and mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have a, you know, example or 
easy way to look at how to have those conversations with with friends but we were like yeah you hurt me in this way but I forgive you and here's how we're going to be better going forward and now we're like super close and you know like you know there's no yeah it's really cool so we kind of we each kind of like kind of like high five each other mentally sometimes of like remember how we like fixed our friendship because we're so much more (laughs) smart but yeah now like I'm so impressed yeah Thank you. So it can be done. You don't have to, if someone really matters to you and something bad happens, you can't have those conversations. And I'm really glad that I did. And a lot, like a lot more made sense. I'm like, oh yeah, we just weren't, shouldn't have been roommates as long as we were. And that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. And then, um, figured out like how else to be better friends to each other. And I think we just don't have those like, models and examples like most friendships that we see especially in media are like I always think about um Broad City who's ever watched Broad Broad City City. I love Broad City but those friendships are all that feels really um codependent in a lot of yeah in a lot of ways it's very codependent yeah (laughs) like I'd love to see what like a real like yeah they fight and stuff like that but like there's no like having someone in your life that you could be very close friends with, but isn't like you're everything. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just how to have not casual friendships, but meaningful ones in which you're not relying on them for every social yeah. aspect of your life. And at least in Broad City, they admit in the end that they're codependent, which yeah. if they didn't admit that, I would have different feelings, but it's like, okay, mm-hmm. they admitted it. That's good. <laughs> They're like talking every five seconds. Yeah, like um, on the toilet, they're skyping. Like, <laughs> like this is a little much. Yeah, um, I. It, it's amazing. The, the the book Platonic basically tells you to do exactly what you did with your friends. Sweet. It's like, so like, yes, I didn't even have to read. Awesome. It. Didn't um, even have to read. It. <laughs> and like, I, I am trying to think back. I don't think I've ever done that. I really don't think I have. It's it's hard. It was not oh it. Like there was definitely margaritas involved in that. <laughs> so it's not it's, it's not like, like we were dead sober. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in a therapist's office. No, we were at Broken English in Chicago. <laughs> over like tacos and tequila. We're like, hey. I love you. We got to work on this. I love you, but I feel hurt by this. And it's oh, yeah. it. it and she says too, like you know how you approach it and how you start it is really important. Like, mm-hmm. really calmly, obviously. Like, and also starting with because you mean so much to me mm-hmm. is why I want to talk to, about this. Because of how much I love you is yeah. why we should have this conversation. And yeah, um, I wouldn't be here if I didn't care. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like in my life, I don't know if I. Mm, I'm I I very much avoid confrontation. So if there ever is anything that happens, I just kind of sweep it under the rug, just mm-hmm. kind of you know deal with it. And then if you know if sometimes friendship just kind of drifts apart, like naturally or because of those things. So <sighs> yeah, I need to be more um be more like uh, upfront in general. <laughs> It's hard. It's like, you know, I, who is it that's just said this to me the other day? Uh, that 
um, the phrase or the words like should, like I think it's definitely should, oh, um, mm-hmm. carries shame with it. Oh no, you're. Right. I know, I know, I know. And that that was that was exactly my response. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Thank you so much for turning that around on me. That's really helpful. Um, but it's really true. It's so like that. I've done that. How many friendships have I had and lost in my life? And I've done that with one. You know, like I'm, you know, yeah. <clears throat> it's not like I'm perfect in any way, but I was just really lucky. Shout out to Hannah um, to have a friend who cared about me just as much and was mature enough as well. And like, she's a social worker. <laughs> like she's, oh, a, so she, she's, a, comes... she's a school counselor. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and like I, <laughs> yeah. And so, and I'm like, I have a degree in psychology and like talk about <laughs> abuse all the time. Cause I was an abuser. So like we were very primed to have like, a, you know, mm. like we were the right type of people. I think it was just, we were really lucky. And that doesn't mean, like a we did exactly what we were supposed to do or b people not like us can't do the same thing but it's it's just it's not easy it's it's uncomfortable we're not taught like we can say that to like a lover or like Mm -hmm. a romantic partner of like hey you hurt my feelings but saying it to friends I think friends we assume are just so guaranteed yeah. Once you're friends, there's really no maintenance to like the emotional aspect of your relationship when actually there's a lot of maintenance to There's a lot of maintenance, yeah. A and lot? there should be. You know, it's it's something just to aspire to, you know. Mm-hmm. At least Absolutely. you know can confirm it won't immediately destroy your relationship. <laughs> I you know, talking yeah. about it. It won't I think leading excuse me, leading with vulnerability really helps other people be vulnerable. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure, like, I'm someone who just, like, I I took, like, a sledgehammer to a lot of, like, the walls that I have up, like, of being able Mm -hmm. to communicate, like, how I feel about things. And so I'm pretty sure in that conversation, I was the first one to talk. Um, Mm. Because we just kind of sat down, like, "Uh, well, how do you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll just go. Like you just had to kind of like (laughs) jump right into it and get over some of the awkwardness, but it's not, you know, there's no rule book. Well, there is now platonic. Maybe I was going to say platonic. It sounds like there's one and I don't Mm -hmm. even have to read it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) You should still read it. There's other good stuff in there. Oh, I will. Yeah, no. Because like friendships really interest me. I think they're... Mm. They're Me vastly too. unexplored as to how what clearly you've created. Like, <laughs> clearly, I talk about it I, every week. I hope <laughs> you like talking. About um, yeah, and I think it's not like it's it's there's a gap in the, in that conversation. Like, it's not. Mm-hmm. I think your podcast has such an important place in that like kind of conversational milieu of like, how do you talk about friends, like losing them, whether it's like really losing them or no longer being friends with someone or what does, Mm -hmm. you know, what do all aspects of friendship look like? What does friendship look like after you lose a friend too? Cause it doesn't just end. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's so true. And I've discovered like through doing this podcast that in order to understand the grief of losing friends, whether they pass away or the friendship ends, you have to understand friendship, which mm-hmm. is why I'm also dedicating a lot of time to like researching that and talking about it, like mm-hmm. just as much as the grief, um, mm-hmm. because 
Yeah, and that was part of, like, what I struggled with is, like, how am I allowed to grieve this friend? Like, in order to know how to grieve this friend or what it means, I need to understand what our relationship meant, which means I need to understand what friendship means. And then it's like, ah! <laughs> like yeah, so much there, you know, like, yeah. Another thing that this book talks about that it confirmed with science and she admits the science isn't perfect and it, there needs to be more science. But still, there's science there <laughs> is that our society does not value friendships as much as it values romantic relationships. And I have a theory absolutely, that one of the reasons that is is because there's not as much capitalistic gain from friendships as there is from romantic relationships. That's what it is. That's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. I've also, I, there's like somebody who um, had posted something on Instagram of like, of exactly that, of like, there's so much emphasis on romantic relationships because you can make so much more money oh, off so of romantic relationships than you mm-hmm. can like the jewelry industry heart-shaped jewelry <laughs> and like that's a whole industry that's would whole industry. <laughs> not exist if we didn't have as much emphasis on like get married you know like put a ring on it and diamonds uh, like dates the whole like going on date there's so valentine's day Yep, and and scaring someone into getting married and upholding certain like ideals as well. So like emphasizing how important romantic love is, so you put only your energy mm-hmm. into romantic love. And then when they do shitty things, you don't forgive them, so you stay <laughs> in that <laughs> very important romantic relationship. Yeah, and it's not to say... Like, I'm not saying that, like, romantic partners aren't important. Like, I want one. I'm looking for one, you know. I'm in one. (laughs) You're in one. Uh, It's just, like, I feel like the balance, it should be more balanced. Where, like, friendships are are just as valued. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And just as important. Like, can be just as emotionally supportive. Mm -hmm. I think a lot, a lot of the time... People just assume my partner's name is Connor. They just kind of assume he's like the default of everything. And well, all, you know, like always be there has to, you know, is almost like an extension of myself. Mm-hmm. And in some cases that can be really nice. Like, you know, him getting invited to weddings versus being mm-hmm. a plus one. You know, like that's very sweet, but it's also like, Hey, other people in my life matter. And like, sometimes Connor has other stuff to do. Or, um, like, when he's out of town, people are like, oh, what are you going to do with Connor not being there? (laughs) I've I've actually, I've gotten that question. I've been like, like, oh, what are you going to do with Connor gone for two weeks? I'm like, everything I would do when he was here. What are you talking about? (laughs) Like, Like you have other friends in your life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and that's absolutely what I'm going to do. I'm going to have all of them over. Not that I wouldn't when he was here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so what are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, bring men over? What do you think I'm going to do? I'm just going to, like, whatever. Oh my gosh. Half the time we're just, like, parallel play. He's just, like, in his office. I'm, you know, playing Xbox. Whatever, man. It doesn't. <laughs> like, you can still have a life. Day. Yeah, precisely. And he doesn't have to be involved in every part of it. So, yeah, I've I've talked about this before, but I vividly remember a scene from a romantic comedy 
mm. in the 90s. I don't remember the movie, but I remember the scene. She was the protagonist was single, you know, and she was crying about it a lot and she was really sad about it. And there was sad mm-hmm. music playing and she would eat her dinner hunched over the kitchen sink because she had no one to eat dinner with. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like kind of like crying that she was single as she was eating her dinner hunched over mm-hmm. the sink. And like that mess that subliminal message like seeped into the back of my brain that like when you're alone and you don't have a man or a partner eating dinner by your, you're not not worthy enough to like enjoy your dinner by yourself. Like how bonkers is that? I <laughs> It's like it's sad that this is a podcast cuz I'm communicating so much with my facial expression. Yeah, you're so <laughs> disgusted. <laughs> I'm so annoyed at that. I'm like I just think the more that people like, even the more I found that, too, like, the even the more time I force myself to, like, spend alone, the more I will care about more relationships than just my romantic one. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's just as important to spend time just by yourself. Like, eat dinner yeah. alone. It's really okay to do. Yeah. I do that. Totally I go to okay concert. To I go to concerts by myself all the time. Mm-hmm. And my biggest, my biggest point of pride, I've gone to a Broadway show by myself. Ooh. I know. Yeah. Look at me. I, so I cool. love that. And you know Thank you. Crazy? Like, yeah, I think that there should be no shame to that. I went to Mike Birbiglia's stand-up show by myself. I happened to sit by these two yeah. men. And they looked at me and they were like, are you by yourself? They were like, did you come to this on your own? And I was like... Yeah. Yeah. Were you stood up? Are you okay? Oh, they were so confused. (laughs) I don't. It's just you can. Some things can be like (sighs) they can be so interesting when you do them by yourself. Not even just. It's like Mm -hmm. you. It's scary because you actually have to ask yourself like, what do you want? You know, mm-hmm. like that's it's a pretty scary question when you're alone in the world of like, what do you want? There are so many options. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. What does somebody else want? You have nobody to ask. Um, <laughs> but it's like you can like really just start to like take, I don't know, you can really kind of let yourself go in certain situations. Like I saw Wicked. That was the Broadway Ooh. show that I saw. Yeah, I know. It was yeah. fantastic. I went, I went on a Tuesday night, 45 minutes before the show started. I didn't buy a ticket. I just went to the box office and was like, what do you, like, what do you got? You got any, like, open <laughs> open seats or something? And I sat in the orchestra for, like, 50 bucks, which uh, <gasps> it was, like, great. So, yeah, definitely, like, Whoa. do this. This is such a trick, especially in Chicago or probably in New York, especially if you're going to go alone. I just went on a random Tuesday. I had nothing else to do, and it was in town. And I just let myself cry at, de- you know, defying gravity. And, like, oh. not thinking about, yeah. you know, like, who's around me or something. And, um, mm-hmm. like, sometimes it's okay to curate experiences to be by yourself if you, if something's really important to you, mm-hmm. um, like Wicked, you know, like if I had brought Con, I wasn't dating him at the time, but if I had brought Connor, like, probably wouldn't have openly sobbed, you know, like, if I might yeah. wanted to be, like, a little cooler, or, like, I'm going, with friends, actually, but I'm going to the Eras tour, Taylor Swift's 
um, oh, tour fun. in June. Yeah, um, very lucky. Um, and Connor was originally going to go with me, and he's not like the biggest Taylor Swift fan, but I'm going with three friends um, mm-hmm. who are, and I'm like, fantastic, Connor. You don't have to be there again. <laughs> Romantic partners don't need to do everything with you. Yeah, and I'm like, that's probably better because I'll cry like way more. <laughs> 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 like and I cry with Connor all the time but it's like not about Taylor Swift um so <laughs> it's like you know some things are meant for friends some things can be alone some things can be romantic it doesn't not everything has to fit into one box thanks for listening friends missing friends is produced by me Hannah Rumsey sound engineering is by co-producer Eric Siegling Original music is also by Eric, featuring The Lost Wayne. Artwork is by Heidi James. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we can cherish and remember the friends we miss. See you next time.